So welcome to Zoom number two, wherever you are. It's great to see your faces. And I tell you what, um, it's almost better than seeing, you know, faces in church with masks on. Because I can actually see your smiles. It's really nice to see all these smiles. And I love the fact, no matter where you are, you might be outside, inside, uh, you just, you know, here connecting with church. It's so great to be here. And, um, you know, how beautiful was it just to have that worship this morning? I know that there's so many of you commenting right now, just saying, hey, thank you so much for using your gifts. And what an amazing song. You know, I've been waking up with that song in my spirit over and over again. Peace like a river, wash over me. Peace like a river, wash over me. And I just, I was reading the lyrics this week. Um, and it's just such a beautiful song. Peace like a river, wash over me, immerse me in water as deep as the sea. Hide me in your love, your healing embrace. Peace like a river, wash over me. As I worship your majesty, I worship your holy name. Jesus, my everything, all that I am is yours. Come Holy Spirit, rain down on me. Break open the heavens and drench the unseen. What a thought about that, hey? Drench the unseen, the things that aren't seen. God, would you hit the places in my life that, you know, aren't touched right now. Come Holy Spirit, Lord, have your way. I don't know if you watched last night's Olympics with our uh, silver medalist, Nicola um, McDermott. She shared an interesting thing. It was it's such a phenomenal thing. If you watched it last night, the Channel 7 interviewer actually chatted to her about, you know, her faith because it's been such a strong thing. And one of the things she mentioned, she said, you know, it's a pity to see these stadiums not full but I'm believing that the stadiums will be full again with revival, like the Billy Graham days. And what an amazing picture of God moving again uh, in our nation in these places that are empty at the moment to be filled because of what God's going to do. I mean, that for me was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, it doesn't matter what your weeks look like. I want to encourage us as a church today. We're actually going to sort of pick up on where Beck left off last week. And if you are new to this uh, church community, maybe you've just, got a link from a friend someone said hey you're feeling down click on this zoom link and join if you're new here I just want to say welcome my name's Az I'm the pastor here at the church and um it's my wife Beck who was sort of doing the introduction and we just believe wholeheartedly that no matter what your circumstance God's in control and today we're going to unpack that a little bit more um if you missed last week's zoom um that Beck actually preached I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast I know even though it's a zoom and she says a few hellos here and there The message was so incredibly powerful, but she talked about how to take on temptation and how um, Jesus actually took on situations when Satan came at him. When he was in the wilderness, he was under attack. Jesus shared and showed us the ways to actually fight back. And the core to the answer, uh, the core to the answers at, at hand, you know, when you have problems was to pick this up, pick up your Bible actually wield your sword and um, we're always going to encourage you to read your bible because this is how jesus responded to that temptation when satan came at him with something he'd respond with the scripture he knew what to do and um today we're going to sort of unpack a little bit further because we realize that the scripture the, the bible is the sword of the spirit and um today i want to talk a bit more about the armor of god because yes we need the bible we also need the armor to protect us in times where we feel under attack, maybe you felt under attack this week. Maybe your business has done it pretty tough because you haven't been able to work. You feel a bit attacked on that sort of level. And how do we respond? Um, obviously with the scripture, but we need the armor of God. And that's what we're going to be touching on today. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can open this up um, and to Ephesians 6. I want to read this passage of scripture again. It's on the armor of God. And it simply says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and his and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God 
so that you too can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is what Beck talked about last week. Today, I want to talk to us about the armor of God and the first thing that's mentioned when it comes to the armor of God, the belt of truth. Interestingly, the belt of truth is the first thing mentioned uh, when it came to the armor, but the belt would be the last thing put on if you're a warrior. You're putting on all your armor. The belt would be the final thing to put on. At the end of the day, the belt goes around the waist. It holds everything together. When you have a belt on, your pants don't fall down. Think about that. If you've got a belt on, your pants don't fall down, which is a good thing. You don't want your pants to fall down. You don't want to get embarrassed. And so the belt of truth is a bit like that with our faith. It actually holds us strong. It keeps us together and it actually stops us from humiliation because we know the truth. We know that what can hold us together. But what is true? And I think that's such an interesting question at the moment because if you look all around us at the moment, we're all searching for truth. In a time where COVID is rampant, we want truth. We're looking everywhere for it. We're digging deep. We're online. We're, we're reading articles. We're trying to decipher what is true and what is not. And, you know, another thing that I've noticed in our current society is that there's this sort of statement at the moment, just live your truth. Have you ever heard that? Just live your truth. I just want you to live your truth. The reality is, though, by saying a statement like that, in other words, that's really just anything goes. There is no real truth. You just make it up as you go. And we know that if we live this sort of way, the truth kind of throws us around. Our truth can smash us around like a wave in the ocean. And you know what? By creating your truth, you're actually saying, I'm all right. I'm in control. I know what's best. And officially, you're actually saying, I am God, which is not what we want. You know, Elevation, I want to remind us, um, you know, of a few things today. Um, and I really want to go to Jesus' teaching on truth. What is truth? Um, you know, if you haven't ever read these scriptures, I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to talk for too long today. And the reason for it, I actually want to give you a chance to go and read your Bible. I actually want you to go and pick up these scriptures and read it yourself. If you don't have a physical Bible and you want one, we can get you one. I love a physical Bible as well as just my phone because I draw all over this thing. I highlight things. I date things. And sometimes it's just really powerful to do that. But I want to really unpack what is truth. What does Jesus say truth is when we're so confused? In John 14, I want to unpack this. This is actually just before uh, Jesus is about to be crucified. He's about to be crucified and he's with his disciples. And it, actually the heading of John 14 says Jesus comforted his disciples. Because he has to explain to them that he has to go and be killed. He's about to be crucified. He's going to die. And as you can imagine, the disciples are devastated. They, they don't want their master. They don't want their leader, their great, you know, like their, their, you know, their great teacher to die. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to have to do this. And it says that 
He comforts his disciples. And I, as I said, what I want to do after this preach, I want to challenge you to go read John 14, right through to 17, three chapters of the Bible. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal this to you even more. In John 14, 1, Jesus says this to his disciples. The first thing he says, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. It's interesting. Jesus is setting this up. He's saying, hey, going to heaven. I'm creating a space for you. You're going to be eternal. There's a place for you. You don't have to worry about this. This is what he's trying to say to his disciples, but they don't get it at this time. And it actually says that Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets to heaven unless you're going to come through me. You know, Jesus makes an incredible statement to his disciples in this moment. He states that he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. I don't know if you know, if you feel this way at the moment. You just want to know which way to go. Like just sometimes you might be even praying at home, God, through all this. I just want to know which way, God. Show me which way. But understand that Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way, personified. I am the truth. I am fully truth. There's nothing outside of this that is truth. I am truth. And my gosh, if you want life, I am it. You need me for life. And as I read this today, I just it just reminded me once again that Jesus is the embodiment of truth. You know, the problem was, though, for the disciples in this moment, he's just told them that he's the truth and truth was about to leave the building. You know, truth was going to leave the building, as it seemed, and they were pretty upset about it. And Jesus is trying to comfort them. John 14, 15, a little bit further on. This is how we can find confidence, church, that Jesus is the truth. Jesus, in verse 15, says to his disciples at this stage, he says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And you might go, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't say the Holy Spirit. He says the spirit of truth. I'm going to give you the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because neither sees him or knows him. The world doesn't know truth. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And then Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You're not alone. I'm going to leave you the spirit of truth. You see, you've got to understand this, church. We believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is still moving. He's leading us. He's guiding us. But he is at the core of who he is. He is truth. He is the spirit of truth. And when we immerse ourselves in Jesus, his Holy Spirit actually will help us discern what way is right to go and what way is wrong. When we immerse ourselves in the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, you know, there's too many of us that fall for everything um, as we aren't in the word of God. We actually fall for everything because we actually don't know the word of God. And this is why we're starting this Bible study, because if you don't know the word of God, you'll fall for everything. You know, we don't know the word of God. So when the word of scripture is used out of context, we actually fall for it. Think about that. A little scripture gets thrown at you and you go, okay, if it's in the Bible. 
But if you don't have the spirit of truth and you don't know the word of God, you will get thrown. Remember, Beck mentioned it last week, that the devil himself used scripture against Jesus to try and trick Jesus. Remember, Satan tried to attract Jesus using the scripture. But the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, actually helped Jesus navigate that temptation with scripture that was needed for that exact time. He came back with it. So how do we know that the Holy Spirit helped him at that time in the wilderness? When Jesus fired back at Satan, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Powerful moment. Well, Jesus himself tells his disciples the same thing will happen to them if they have the spirit of truth within them. He actually says this. If you have the spirit of truth within you, this is what's going to happen. John 14, 25, it says this. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit or the spirit of truth, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Do you notice that? Everything that you've learned, everything you've been taught, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth will remind you of it. It'll bring it back to you when you need it at the most important time. But you've got to learn it to begin with so he can remind you. That's why you need to be in our Bible. He then goes on to say this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And he says this, I do not give to you as the world gives. I don't know about you, but can anyone else admit and understand or even acknowledge the world isn't selling a lot of peace right now? <laughs> like the world's not selling peace. No one in the world's selling peace. Everyone's selling fear. And Jesus, say, Jesus is saying, I don't give to you what the world gives. I'm not going to give you the same thing the world gives. And then he finally says this in verse 27, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So read that again. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What a powerful, powerful scripture. John 16, 13, a little bit later on in the passage, Jesus then goes on about the spirit of truth again and what truth is. He says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. How powerful is this church? When the Holy Spirit reveals something to us, it's actually Jesus communicating to him to communicate to us. Did you see that? It's actually Jesus still alive and moving going, hey, Holy Spirit, would you reveal this to my follower? The Holy Spirit doesn't make it up. Jesus is there behind him. You know, I'm going to read a little further scripture today. As I said, um, the scriptures are so powerful. And this next passage is sometimes taken out of context in our current times. Our current times are very interesting. I've heard people use all sorts of scriptures to back up their thought processes. We understand, we need to understand the context. We need to remember this passage is actually just before Jesus is about to be crucified. He's been with his disciples. He's been teaching. They've seen miracles. It's been a beautiful time. And now he's going to get crucified. And it says this in John 16, verse 20. He says, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. He's talking about his crucifixion. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. The resurrection. It says a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. When her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of the joy that, that the child um, that is born will bring. So with you, now is your time of grief. 
But he says this, it's so interesting. He's predicting his death and his resurrection. He says, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will ever take away your joy. No one will ever take away. Once, once you see me again, no one will ever take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked anything in my name. Before that, no one was praying in Jesus' name, right? That's what he means by that. No one was saying this before this moment. But he says, ask and you receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus is calling his disciples to a place of joy before his death. He was saying, hey, I've told you I'm the truth and I'm going to prove that I'm the truth because I can tell you I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected as well. I'm going to come back. No one will be able to take away your joy once I'm back because you will know that I am the truth. I am personified truth. You can trust me. There's no lying in this matter. There's no smoke and mirrors. There's no tricks. There's no conspiracy. Once you experience what I'm about to do, man, you will know that I am truth. You know that I am the real deal. It's amazing because, you know, everyone dies, but no one else raises from the dead. And when he did this, my gosh, all of a sudden the truth came alive. And church, that is the truth that we know today. That is the truth you can stand on today. His resurrection. No one will take away your joy. After Jesus' disciples get what he's saying, because they finally get it about his death and resurrection, Jesus says in chapter 16, verse 33 of John, I have told you these things, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, get this church, and this might be for you today, right? Because Jesus is not just talking to his disciples, he's saying this to us as well, his future followers. He's actually saying this, he's saying, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What an amazing, amazing moment. I have overcome the world. Elevation, the truth is Jesus, he is the truth. He is God. He has overcome the world. And no matter what happens in this world, you can have peace. You know, because Jesus told the truth, because Jesus actually rose from the dead, we can trust him. We can trust him. Because he proved to them that he was actually the truth. You know, and I know that a lot of people, they might, you know, you might be going through this struggle of, is this the end of the world? Maybe the end of the world is today. <laughs> Half an hour, five minutes, who knows? Maybe it's in 20 years. Maybe it's 200 years. Maybe it's 2,000 years. It actually doesn't matter what happens because we know that Jesus overcame the world and he won. So don't stress it. You know, earlier on in John, if you want to do this, you want to go read the full book of John this week, maybe not just chapter 14 to 17. In John 8, um, the world is very similar to the world we're in, living in right now. In fact, the entire society uh, seems to be split on this topic of who Jesus is. Is he a fraud? Is he a magician? Um, should we follow him or should we just follow, follow Jewish law? And so we actually find out in chapter 8, Jesus has a heated conversation with his Jewish teachers. They're trying to figure out who he was, and it's so interesting because it says in verse 31 of chapter 8, he, this is Jesus talking. He says to the Jews that believed in him, he said, 
if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. If you do what I say, you're actually my disciples. And then he says this, when you do what I say, then you will know the truth because you're following me and the truth will set you free. This is this statement, powerful statement. He's like, if you follow me, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What do you get set free from? Sin and death. Sin and death, you're set free from it. You can't die anymore. You're an eternal being where there's a place for you. Jesus talked about it later on in that passage between 14 and 17. So interesting that the religious leaders were trying to get Jesus killed in chapter 8. And when he tried to get, you know, they were plotting to kill him and Jesus calls him out and he says, your father, or the one that you're following is the father of lies. I'm the truth and you're following the father of lies because they wanted him killed. You need to know the truth and Jesus is the truth. You know, my prayer is is, as we, you know, sort of stay in this lockdown, whether it be another week, maybe it's going to be over at four o'clock. You know, I just pray that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth will reveal to you this week which way to go in your life. What ways to act, what ways to love. May Jesus be your way, truth, and life. May he be your guide. May he be the centre of every circumstance you are in this week, even in your families. May you wrap yourself in the belt of truth. May you wrap yourself in the belt of truth because it's going to hold you together, your entire world together. You know, I just want to read a little passage just in John 17. There's this little moment where Jesus actually prays for his disciples. He prays for those that have been following him. He's just about to go to the cross. He's praying to his father in heaven. And he prays for us too in this moment. It's beautiful. And it says this in verse 12. He's talking to his father. He's talking to God. This is Jesus. It says, while I was with them, the disciples, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in this world, so that they may have the full measure of joy within them. He's saying, God, give them full measure of joy. I have given them your word and the world has hated them, for they are not of this world anymore than I am of this world. In other words, he's saying, hey, they've changed. They're not like everyone else. They've got a revelation of who I am and they're actually spiritual, eternal beings now. They're not like the rest of the world. He says, Jesus prays this. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. You hear that, church? You're supposed to be in it. Jesus' prayer, right now, you're supposed to be in the world that COVID is affecting. You're not supposed to be out of it. You should be praying, I want out. I want off this train. Jesus is like, I pray that they're in it. He says, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. And he says this, sanctify them. Sanctify simply means this, make them holy or set them apart. And he says this, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart by your word because your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You Elevation, you have been sent into your communities. As Jesus was sent to us, You have been sent to your community with truth, with truth that will set people free if you share that truth. For them, it says, Jesus says this, for them, I will set myself apart. I will sanctify myself. I will be holy. 
that they truly may be set apart as well. Church, that's my challenge for us this week, that you'll be set apart, that you will wear the belt of truth. And how do you wear the belt of truth? How do you truly put on the belt of truth this week? Well, first and foremost, you need to pick this up. You need to pick this up because the word of God is truth. And so I want to challenge you, John 14 to 17, take some time with your families. Read it out aloud if you want to with the kids. Even if you want to read it with your, by yourself, write down notes. Maybe there's stuff that stands out to you. And just in those three chapters of Jesus talking about truth, maybe you want to send us a thought or a comment or a question through social media or an email. We want to actually help you grow in this stuff. But allow the scripture to challenge you on what Jesus is saying. The second thing you can do to surround yourself with the belt of truth, put on some worship music in your house. Honestly, put it on in your car. Instead of listening to all the trash and all the noise and all the negative, put on some truth. You know, we sing worship songs because it's just testifying and declaring the truth of the word of God through song. And that's why we put together a Spotify playlist, which is the Elevation Worship Music. If you haven't gone and got that, Go and get that, put it on in your house, put it on your car. When you start to feel fearful, go, you know what? Jesus has overcome the world. That is the truth. And he will set you free because the truth will set you free. Do that this week. I just believe wholeheartedly that when you do these things, all of a sudden you will have something to hold you firm, the belt of truth. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for this incredible community. I thank you, God, that no matter what you have uh, stirred the hearts and the spirits and the minds of our people to just keep connecting online, God. God, we can't wait to connect in person again and worship together again. But Jesus, we thank you for technology. We thank you, God, that you challenge us through your word. God, we thank you that you have placed us in this world on purpose. You don't want us out, you want us in so we can actually be a light to the world, that we can bring truth to those around us, that we can be fearful for nothing. We can know, we can know that we know that we know that you are for us, God. You overcome everything that can come our way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others, and influence in your world. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au.